What's up, guys and gals? Rick Martinez here, host of the No Soliciting Experience, your favorite memes through on the interwebs. I'm back with a super dope and super fresh guest. I'm excited for you guys to check out this podcast. But before we get into it, I just got to ask you guys for one mega duper super big favor. If you find value in this podcast, and I know you will, I just ask you to share with somebody who you think could benefit from this as well. Everybody is here to grow, everybody is here to learn, and everybody is here to perform at the highest level possible. So if there's something that you hear in this podcast that could, one, change your life and you know help somebody out in theirs, just ask you to share it with them. Um, so yeah, enough of me talking and let's uh, bring in the next guest, shall we? Big numbers, hundred minute bag, that's a big number. Big numbers, big numbers. Hold yeah. kind of, that's yeah. a big yeah. number. Yeah. Alright. Alright guys, welcome back to the No Soliciting Experience. I'm super excited and honored to have today's guest on. Um Taylor, brother, thank you so much for being on. Um just before everything, I've I've been following you here for a little bit. You're a freaking legend in the industry. Um, I love what you do, and I love the sense of transparency that you bring to the industry. It's super new, super refreshing, and I, I think more people should be like that. Um, so with that, um, yeah, bro, do you mind uh, in introducing yourself to, to the uh, people? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Rick, for having me. I'm excited to dive into this a uh, little bit about myself. I'm 30 years old. I grew up in a small town called Pepperell, Massachusetts. Three towns went to our one high school. Um, I watched my parents struggle at a young age, and I was started off as a golf caddy, uh, 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I remember hearing an audio book that said, decisions will decide your wealth. And at 18 years old, I got into telecom door-to-door sales. And for the last 13 years, uh, I've been involved with direct sales, starting in telecom, moving into the alarm industry for three years, uh, and then going to work with Solar City uh, in the solar industry. And now I find myself in Florida uh, working, actually doing roofing, alarms, and solar. Sweet, man. So, dude, prior to this, we're talking, you just have like a hustle mentality. It's when, when we're talking before, that's the highlight of what I got is just finding opportunities to, I mean, growing up, I feel like we come from a very similar background. I didn't grow up with much. My family was dirt freaking poor. But one of the things that I clearly remember, and I feel like you, you kind of live by this is you, you, you're either a creature of your circumstances or you're a creator of opportunities. Right. And I think that's the, the, the underlying message of all this is you just find opportunities and you capitalize. You're not, you don't set yourself a limit of this is just what I do, right? Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the alarm side. So you were there for three, three years, right? Three years, yeah, three years. Uh, my rookie season, I worked with a company called Platinum Protection. <laughs> and um, I worked with uh, some legends over there, Neil Rogers, Tim Yesta, Isaac Gates, and um, was able to start with that team. And my rookie season selling alarms, I had finished with 383 installed accounts. And I was the number one sales rep in the company as a rookie, which was really unheard of because most rookies, you know, did 50 to 100 accounts. And I specifically remember my first week, I almost actually quit. I was like, you know, this isn't, I was like, I didn't really know everything. I didn't have my presentation wrote out word for word. And I remember I started driving home and I was like, I'm going back to telecom. This is a scam. And uh, I turned around. I was like, I remember driving an hour. I was like, you know what? I ain't going to let this beat me. I'm turning around. And I turned around and that preseason, I had a hundred preseason and finished that year with 383 accounts and was the salesman of the year. I won a bright wing. Um, But I knew the reason that I was going to become the number one sales rep. And what's funny about it is I walked into a movie theater with 200, 250 sales reps, picture that this company had close to a thousand sales reps that I was competing against. 
And I looked in this movie theater. I had long hair at the time. And I said, I'm going to beat all these guys. Like, but I had an absolute certainty on my thoughts. I was like, I'm going to be the number one sales rep. I didn't know much about the alarm systems at the time. But I had an absolute certainty that I was going to beat everybody. And I think that it comes down like a lot of people want to talk about like, Hey, I'm number one or, you know, I'm the top sales rep. And the biggest thing is, do you have the trophies to prove it? Do you have the actual validity? And I realized that I had a stronger why than everybody else. And, you know, it's a desire, you know, you have to have a desire to get to a, a, a legitimate number one in a company. I felt as if my why and my desire was stronger than anyone else's. And if you break down the six D's of selling, you know, it starts with having a strong desire. Yeah. Yeah, dude, of course, dude, platinum, dude, so many people have come from platinum. It's freaking crazy. Um, I'm, I'm just ask you, do you, okay. So I, I started working with a few guys who started at platinum. Uh, have you heard of uh, Thomas Schaefer? Yep. I've heard of Thomas, Thomas, yep. Matt Collins, um, I don't think I've heard of some of those guys were there. Maybe the, I was there the last year of platinum. So right yeah. before they, they had their whole thing go down. Yeah. <laughs> some of those guys were there before me, but it was, it, you're competing against the cream of the crop. There. Yeah, dude, they're, 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 they're like some old school salesmen that are just, holy crap. Like, um, the most of the sales experience and sales knowledge that I have, I gained from Thomas Schaefer, Matt Collins and Rob Reimer. All sure. three of those guys were guys that we, I pretty sure were, um, were, you know, we were competing against that year and yeah. you know, were there a few years before me, but you know, a lot of these OGs of sales, like, you know, it's, it's, it's what it really takes. You know, you look back now and it's like, you know, a lot of sales reps don't know what it's like to be out in an area till 11 PM at night and, you know, getting a sale at that time or, you know, getting dropped off in the field every single day. And a lot of people still do it, but a lot of people just, you know, don't know the nitty gritty on what it really takes to get to that point, you know? Yeah, man. Oh, that dude. Yeah. It, it's, it's, um, it's definitely inter interesting to see where the where the industry is, is has come to right now and where it's going. And dude, I I I hear stories from all these old guys, all these older guys, and it's like, damn, like, like if if they did that, I have no reason to complain, and I have no reason not to work hard. Because if if they can do it, with dude, they they had pen and paper. That's all they freaking had. They had pen and paper and chalk. I remember one of them telling me. He used to carry around three, three, three colors of chalk with him, and each one he would just mark the sidewalk based off what happened. And mm -hmm. that that was that was his street smarts. That that was his sales rabbit. That was his canvas. Right? There wasn't anything else but that. It's yeah. <laughs> and one thing you said at the beginning, you know, like you know, having humble beginnings, and I feel like a lot of people in direct sales they have a lot of dreams. They have a lot of things that they want to accomplish. Remember, starting from the bottom is not a deficit, it's a gift, right? You know, a lot of us weren't given everything in our life and, you know, we have to hustle and, you know, get out there and create our own luck is the way that I like to put it. You know, I'm creating my own luck by putting myself in front of people, making them like me, making them trust me and making it make sense with them. Um, but if you genuinely try to help somebody every single day, you're going to get to that point. And if you have an aspiration of saying, how do I get to number one in my company? How will I be the number one sales rep? Um, a lot of people say there is no secrets in sales. I disagree. I think there are a lot of secrets in sales. And, you know, when you can understand these secrets on how to get better, you know, um, the guy that I learned most of my sales from is known as the number one how-to sales trainer in America. His name's Tom Hopkins. And Tom Hopkins was taught by a guy named Jay Douglas Edwards. And in the 1930s and 40s, he used to travel by coach bus and, you know, he'd do seminars back to back to back days. But one thing that Mr. Edwards says is the reason there's so many peons or the reason there's so much mediocrity in sales is because people only know one or two ways to break preoccupation. People only know one or two ways to transition into the home. People only know one type of tie down. People only know one type of way to close the sale. People only know one or two ways to handle I'm not interested. People don't know how to handle I want to hand a business card or I want to think about it. But when you have all these different ways and like, you know, quivers, you know, I can take this one out. Oh, you want to hit me with that? Oh, I got this one. Oh, I've already heard that a million times. I got 10 ways to handle that one. That it becomes a, a game. 
It really does. It's, it's no longer about collecting money. It's about saying, hey, how sharp can I make my axe? How sharp can I create this thing so that when I go out, you know, I look at myself like a prize fighter when I go out to the field. You know, how does Mike Tyson, how did Mike Tyson look at himself when he entered the ring? I self-talk the crap out of myself while I'm in the field. Like they were already talking about it last night. You know, you were in, you were like, Hey, I'm going for double digits yesterday. What I texted you, I said, Hey, the next person you're going to talk to was already talking about it. I convinced my mind of those things when I go to approach a homeowner and I get so deep into my thought on why it makes sense that, you know, I'm either going to transition into the home because my belief is strong or they're going to transition me off their doorstep because their trans, their, their mindset was stronger than mine. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. So it's, it's either, it's either one way or the other somebody's yeah. getting transitioned, either I'm transitioning in or they're transitioning me off the doorstep. Mm-hmm. And I think I broke it down. Um, this is, this is original content and this is something that I share. Um, a lot of my content and a lot of these secrets are in our university that's being launched called Knockstar university. Mm-hmm. And this is one thing that I'm going to share. It's only the second or third time I'm going to share it. So I'm pretty confident nobody's heard it because it's original content. It's called the six D's of selling and the six D's of scaling a business. So a lot of people say, you know, you were very good at alarms and you were the number one sales rep, but then how did you go to building a sales force of 800 people, you know, with solar city and the, 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 I'm going to use a football analogy for you, but it's like transitioning from a Jerry rice to a Jerry Jones. And a lot of people want to know, Hey, what is the formula to be able to build a team and to be able to duplicate yourself and to be able to grow a team of, you know, I started with three guys. It was me and three guys because with alarms, I was sick of traveling everywhere. I kept having to rebuild the team. I was making great money. I was doing 400 accounts a year, but I said, hey, this isn't where I'm from. I'm originally from Massachusetts and I wanna be able to make an impact on where I'm from. So I moved back and it was me and three other guys and you know, we organically recruited this team and we had a vehicle that we were proud to work with in Solar City. And from Vermont to Florida, we had teams um, in over 800 guys, and I broke it down to the ridiculous. To be able to build a team, it starts with having discipline. But before discipline comes desire, and that's your why. You are not going to have discipline without desire, and that's something that you need to figure out right off the bat. So what I mentioned before, I had a stronger why than everybody else. My dad has always had health conditions, and I watched my dad struggle when my parents got divorced at a young age. So when I'm 18, 19 years old, competing against hundreds of sales reps, I'm living in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, I'm like, losing is not an option. That, this was in my mindset, and great, losing is not an option. I didn't take breaks. I didn't take days off because I had the pain of loss. I wasn't going to get to that end of the year party and have my dad show up and find out his son was second. My, my desire was stronger than my competitors. And that's what drove me every single day. So if you have a strong desire, you'll be able to create discipline. Once you can create discipline, then what you need to do is demonstrate by doing your job going out and getting the numbers, right? Leading from the front. It doesn't matter if you have a 50-man sales force or a 100-man sales force, you still need to figure out a way to lead from the front. You still need to be out there and selling. Otherwise, you become irrelevant if you become a desk guy. So once you can demonstrate, then you need to be able to document that. Once you're able to document it, you'll have that story and then you'll be able to show people the numbers, whether it's your paychecks or your, you know, your scoreboard showing that you're on the top. And then once you're able to document everything, then you're able to duplicate yourself. And then from duplicating yourself, you're able to disappear and move up. So if I was to break that down for you again, because I know I went fast, it starts with having a desire, which will create a discipline. That discipline will then lead to you having demonstration by doing your job. When you demonstrate something, then you'll be able to document it. When you document it, you'll be able to have the big checks. You'll be able to show yourself as the top salesperson. And then once you're able to document it, you'll be able to duplicate yourself. From duplicating yourself, doing it the right way, and following this formula, you'll eventually disappear. And what I mean by that is going from a sales rep to a manager, from a manager to a regional manager, from a regional manager to a regional director. 
And one thing Tom Hopkins says is break it down to the ridiculous. And that's one thing, you know, that I feel like is a very good formula for what we do in door-to-door sales. Yeah, dude, you're absolutely freaking right, man. It it just comes down to who who wants it more. It it's um it comes down to, I mean, just being meticulous in everything that you do. You can't just again, you can't expect to go out there and you know shock and effect one you know one ace one close and hope that that it works for everybody you have to keep track of what you do best at how you resolve that and you need to figure out what you're not doing so well like on the doors like what objections you keep coming into and just consistently working to pull and push through that and then what a a lot of people don't realize is everything you're doing in the sales process will help you or hurt you there is no neutral it's the same with going to the gym. If you miss seven days from the gym, you're not going to go back into the gym and be stronger. The sales is a muscle. You have to be consistent. And, you know, everything you're doing in the process helps you or hurts you. There is no neutral. You have two strikes against you when you knock that door. So if I say something the wrong way, and one thing that I like to say is it's not what I'm saying. It's actually not how I'm saying it either. It's the music that goes into their ears. So when I sell, I'm very repetitive. I'll say things two or three times until they hear the music that I want them to hear. And if they don't hear the music that I want them to hear, then I'm going to be repetitive. I'm going to come at it at a different angle to get them to feel the way I want them to feel. And every time they say things that helps my process, I even write those things down because it's tie downs. I have a process which I went over in my last um, podcast called the Can We Pay Sales Process, which is duplicable in any sales organization. You know, ultimately my job is real simple. I go over a series of seven questions. And if we feel like you're a good fit for us, we'll show you a way that we completely custom fit the home. But if there's a small place we can sit, it'll take about three minutes. Do you need me to take off my shoes into the home, right? Different ways to transition based on um, any product you do. So when I'm selling solar, you know, I'm going to say, hey, my job's real easy. All I'm going to do today are two things. One, I'll show you what last month's bill would have looked like if you would have already had solar. And I'll show you a design on what the roof would look like. If I'm selling alarms, I say, hey, you know, these questions will determine whether or not we pick your home. Uh, Keep in mind, it is a little bit more selective. Um, How many years did you say you lived here? Okay, you lived here for nine years. Okay, cool. So um, obviously, there's going to be a few things we want from you. um, But if there's a small place we can sit, it'll take me about four minutes. Right. And I'm transitioning into the home. Right. I'm going right to the kitchen table. And then that's where I focus a lot on building rapport with the homeowner and then making this whole thing make sense. And then, you know, a big thing with me is one liners, you know, having specific one liners that I that I have in my back that, you know, I can go to when they tell me they're not interested or when they tell me I want to think about it. Yeah. Or when they tell me it sounds too good to be true or when I feel as if they feel like it's too good to be true. A lot of the time. I don't even let them get to a point where if a customer, I'm going to tell you this, and if you heard anything right now, if you're in door-to-door sales, trust me on this one thing. If the customer is telling you they're not interested, the reason they're saying they're not interested is because you did not create curiosity. That's it. Break it down to the ridiculous. Learn how to create curiosity with people and they're not going to tell you they're not interested. If they tell me they're not interested, they were not interested because I didn't make them curious in what I was talking about. So that's a big thing that I think of when I'm selling is am I, am I creating the curiosity that I want them to, to, to have? That's so true. Holy crap. Okay. Yeah. This, this makes a lot of sense. Cause I mean, that's, that's really what it comes down to. Uh, one of the things I was just talking to this to kid who is uh, shadowing me yesterday is my sales process is I, I mean, I'm, I've been doing this for six years. I, I kind of have a, an idea of who the person is by just walking up the doorstep, just inspecting a few things. And then once I see them, just the initial body language, I know what type of buyer they are. I mm-hmm. put myself in their shoes and I think, okay, what do I need to say to get them to listen to me? What do I need to say to buy myself some more time? Right. And it's, exactly. dude, I'm, how am I going to have to talk to them? What am I going to have to say? And, and every line helps you or hurts you, you know? So exactly. you have to come at it at a certain angle. Sometimes you have to exactly. talk to people like this to get to the right frequency with them. You know, you have to think, what if they were wa- cooking dinner? What if they were watching the game? And what if they're busy, you know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people come to the door upset. And I, I, the first thing I say is, sorry, I'm late. We did want to do about two more. I was actually supposed to finish with you guys on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. 
you know, an old woman comes to the door. Oh, hi, miss. Um, sorry to bother you. Are, are, are you the owner of the house here? You know, that's exactly how I talk to them, you know? So it's not what I'm saying. It's how I'm saying it. It's, and it's how I can make them feel through that process. Yeah, of course. And it, it just makes yourself stand out, right? Every, mm -hmm. every door to door guy is going to come to the door and say whatever their pitch is, but they all say it in the same tone. And once customers hear that frequency, no, you're done. Get out of here. Yep. Because it, it talks about like, so Tom Hopkins talks about sales jargon, right? Yeah. Sales jargon are words that sales professionals need to remove out of their uh, vocabulary. And yeah. one of my biggest pet peeves is the word pitch. Yeah. That's not a word that sales professionals should be using. They should replace it with present or presentation. Yeah. Like when people say, oh, let me hear your pitch. I don't use that word. I say, let me hear your presentation. Let me hear you present to me. Because a pitch is a bad word. Like no customer wants to hear pitch. I yeah. had a situation the other day where I got to the very end of the process. I built a ton of rapport with this older woman and it got to the paperwork where she needed to sign everything. And she said, oh, well, I don't sign any. I can't sign anything on the first day. My husband told me I cannot sign anything. You can inspect the roof, but I, I can't sign any sort of contract or anything like that. And I said, miss, that's perfectly fine. You don't need to sign the contract, but what I do need you to do is okay the form. Oh, okay. And she signed her name. So it's not what I'm saying. It's how I'm saying. Like literally 10 seconds later, because I knew that tactic, I was able to get what I needed and move that process forward. The process is not to the customer. The process is for the customer, right? She was perfectly okay with okaying the form, but signing a contract, no, you don't want to use that word. You don't even want to use the word customers. You want to use the word families we serve. Yeah. Ooh. I don't even use the word appointment. I use the word pop by and visit. People aren't going to cancel me popping by and visiting. Hey, I'll just pop by right after I'm finished up with the Jefferson, so I'll come back right around 5.30. I'll just pop by at 5.30. They're not going to cancel if I pop by, but they might cancel if I have an appointment. Yeah. So these specific words – that us, especially as door-to-door -door sales professionals, can learn to actually eliminate from our vocabulary. Yeah, exactly. Because so hearing all this, it makes it makes a lot of sense. Because this is also my style, right? When 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 I'm on the doors, like I don't say "give me a call." I I change so many words. I use the words "y'all." I say, "If you need me, give me a holler, give me a shout," right? Because it just takes you away of like being the sales rep and just being like a friend, right? Just being mm -hmm. somebody who you can count on. And I feel like that's super important because you're, you're basically establishing some sort of credibility and some sort of relationship, which ultimately serves you in the long run, right? Everyone's going to remember Taylor that's, you know, dropped by, right? Taylor wasn't a pushy salesman. Taylor did it, didn't sound like a salesman. He was just a regular dude. He had a product or service that we needed and he made it so easy for us to do it or for us to buy or for us to get set up. Yeah, and you be genuine with people, you know, like I genuinely like to have conversations with people. I like to talk about myself to homeowners. I like to hear right. about them. You know, a lot of the time when I'm talking with older people, you know, I, I share things about my life to them and they share things about their life with me and they enjoy that, that conversation and that encounter. And, you know, especially if you're able to help somebody through that process, whether it be with home protection, with security, you know, saving money with solar or helping them go through the insurance process with roof. You know, it's, it's, you're genuinely helping people. And if I wasn't genuinely helping people, I wouldn't believe in my product and I wouldn't have the conviction to get the signatures or to get them to move through this process. Yeah. You know, one thing I mentioned before is like specific lines that I use. Like I think a big one, and I'm going to share one with you all right now is a lot of the times when the customer isn't talking and isn't going through that process, a lot of the times when they say, leave me with a business card or, you know, I'm not interested, it's a lot of the times because they don't believe you and it sounds way too good to be true. And I don't want the homeowner to say, oh, well, this sounds too good to be true. I want to bring it up before they bring it up. So if I feel or a sense that the sales process isn't going in the direction I need it to go, that could be an underlying reason that they're just not telling me. And I developed a sales line uh, to be able to handle that in any industry. And it goes like this. Bottom line, sir, you're going to fall into one or two categories. Category one is you already know somebody that's already put solar on their roof and they already have it all finished. 
Or category two, you're just sitting there like, wait a second, this sounds way too good to be true. What's the catch? The catch is simple, sir. What's the re main reason you pick Con Edison as your electric company? Dude. You can do the same thing in alarms. You can do the same thing in roofing. You can do the same thing in pest. What I did there to him was I said, bottom line, sir, you're going to fall into one or two categories. Category one is you know somebody that's already gotten this done and already has the solar installed in their roof. Or category two, you're just sitting there, wait a second, this sounds way too good to be true, and you're sitting there like, what's the catch? The catch is simple, sir. When I say that, what do I have of yours? My attention. I have your full attention, right? And then I'm going to come down with the tie-down question where I already know because I'm leading you in the question. It's called being a master asker. So when I can ask a question that I already know the way you're going to answer it, you know, this is the benefit of this. What was the main reason you picked APS or what's the main reason you picked Con Edison as your electric company? And I know that they're your only option. You're going to say, I didn't have an option. I backed you into the corner on where I need you to answer this. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me, oh, well, it was my only option. I'm going to hit you back with, yeah, it's America's last monopoly. Same situation. If you break your leg, you have to go to the hospital and they're going to fix it. If you move in, it's not like you hesitated to call Con Edison. Now, I definitely feel as if people hesitate to pay full fit price on things they don't need to. Ooh. Power line. Yeah. I definitely feel as if people hesitate to pay full price on things they don't need to. Yeah. These are common lines that you're saying, yeah, it's the same way a customer's thinking. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. But learning all these specific one-liners based on every situation, like I have that for I want to think about it. I have different ways for I'm not interested. You know, all the common ones that you'll hear, you might have a way to handle it right now, but adding different ways to handle these objections is really, I think, what helped me get to, you know, closing that many account of sales. Yeah. Shoot. This makes, this makes a lot of sense, man. I've, I've never heard it explained as simple as this, right? That's just what it is. It also brings a sense of re, re, relatability with your customers, right? You understand them, which also comes into the part of being genuine and authentic. And then with you and what like so many successful people in the industry, it's just trying to help somebody out. You have something that could benefit from them. That, that No, you have something that they could benefit from. You're there to help them out. Mm -hmm. You're, you're genuinely trying to help them. And if you break it down to what our job really is, and it's called the success triangle. And for door-to-door -door sales, if you break it down to the top of the pyramid being your technique, technique is the words that come out of your mouth. If your tactics are sound, they cannot fight you. Yeah. The middle part of it is your attitude. And the last part of it is your behavior. That's the success triangle broken down. So your technique is if your tactics are sound, they can't fight you. Your attitude, you know, a lot of times, so like I'll ask you, Rick, how often do you notice, like my big thing is to maintain an even keel throughout the process. Um, how much do you feel as if being like the mental side of the game is affecting you in sales? Like how much of sales is mental? All of it, it's mental. I feel it's, it's, it's super easy to put one, one foot in front of the other. It's just the the nervousness the anxiety of like this last person just you know chewed me out or this last person i invested so much into it they ended up not buying but it's it's all mental it's just how you overcome it one of the greatest things that i learned from rob reimer who started applied them was it doesn't matter what happened at the door whether i sold it i got chewed out they didn't buy nothing it doesn't matter by the time i walk off the driveway i forget and you, you leave whatever happened there at that house. And you can't let that carry you over to the next house. And then at the next house, like, what, what is literally the worst thing they could say that can happen? They just mm -hmm. say no. You just go in, give 100% of what you know you can do. Give, give your presentation to the best of your ability. Genuinely try to help people with what you have to offer. And if they don't buy it, they, they don't buy it. That's fine. You did everything you could. And you're just compounding, doing hard things. So when later... When somebody who is just talking about getting the service, buying whatever it is that you had, you show up to their door, you've already put in the work to, des I wouldn't say deserve that sale, but you've put in the work to earn it. Yep. And at that point, it just becomes easier. So let me ask you, how often have you, do, do you notice your highs get too high or your lows get too low? Would you say it happens almost every day? 
for for some days yeah some days um it, it does happen i i i don't know I'm, I'm a little bit more conscientious of it i yep. just try and stay as monotone as possible throughout the whole day right? great so but i want to i want to teach everybody something right now the, so i noticed my highs would get too high or my lows would get too low and i knew that i would need to maintain that even keel but even though i knew i needed to maintain the even keel i would allow my highs to get too high or my lows to get too low and i'm not just talking about sales i'm talking about in your everyday life because yeah. if you have something happen to you outside of work and then your mentality goes down you're not going to be as good of a sales rep so i was selling alarms in detroit michigan and i passed by a church that had a billboard and it read this next line that has helped me maintain an even keel throughout my sales career. It said, he who angers you controls you. And when I think of that line, whenever I let my lows get too low or something doesn't happen in my favor throughout the sales day, just think of that line, say it in your head. He who angers me controls me. All right, I'm not going to let that guy get me upset and I'm going to go back to my even keel because I just got back to my base by thinking of that one line. He who angers me controls me. I'm not going to let that person get the best of me. Holy crap. Yeah, that's that's true. Man, dude, this is freaking awesome. It's, it's an aha moment. That. That's exactly what I had. It's an aha moment. It's something I'll remember the rest of my life is if I'm ready to get off my even keel, he who angers me controls me. Okay, you're not getting the best of me. Put that smile back on my face. Stay positive. Exactly. Man, dude, I freaking love this, man. This is This is dope. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm learning so much, man. This is just, I we're, we're, just getting, we're just getting started. Man. We're just getting, this is a little bit of the tip of the iceberg right here. Yeah, man, dude. And it's true again, going, going back to it. I have been following you. I've, I've been seeing, you know, uh, what you do, who you're working with, all the stuff you guys are working on. Right. Recently you were on a tour, tour to Florida, right. With Lee hate. Um, yes. and dude, Lee hate he's in stand up, dude. Like, um, dude he, i i just i just love what he does yeah right? he's the real deal and, and what i really like about lee is he's authentic he's authentic yeah. like yep. he's a real dude you know what i mean and that's one thing that i mentioned to you before we started the podcast i said you know the two most important things for me in any sort of business relationship is trust and longevity if yeah. i have full trust in somebody that i'm working with and i have that longevity of knowing that i'm going to work with that company you know for a long period of time you know, those are the two most important things I'm looking for. And, you know, for the last two weeks, we were on a tour de Florida um, in a Mercedes Benz Sprinter. And you guys have to look out for that YouTube video because we had the camera crew with us the entire time. And um, I had a goal of selling 50 roofs um, for that week. So you're going to have to watch that video and see the outcome of that. Yeah, dude, I saw that. I was, it, it's so crazy, dude. He's just... Again, he's such a real dude, very, very blue collar guy, and he just keeps it real. Like his, I, I, I don't know how else to put it, but I just no, it's it's refreshing. Because yeah, we, really we refreshing. talked about it. We talked about it before. Like um, a lot of these companies, and a lot of people don't talk about it. You know, and I'm going to bring it up. Is you know, it's it's called a bait and switch, where these companies will tell you one thing, and then it's just really not how it is, and. That's why a lot of companies, you know, feel burned by companies or they get lied to, you know, when it just shouldn't be that way. And something that's very refreshing about working with Lee is, you know, he's done everything that he said he's going to do and he's been authentic about things. You know, he isn't going to tell me one thing just to make me want to hear it and then just come back and, and lie. Because a lot of these companies will just lie and, you know, do something called a bait and switch and they'll tell you, oh, this is how something's going to be. And then it's not actually how it is. Yeah. And okay, yeah. Let's 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 uh, talk talk about that in, in a little bit, just because it's something that's um, that unfortunately happens in the industry, and um, and I've 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 told this to so many people. Um, door to door is behind on the times, right? At this point, we're coming to an age where everything is digital. Everything you can find on somebody is readily available to you at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. Now is now is the time to. If if you aren't the most stand up dude, if you aren't like holding a good reputation as a company for doing this stuff, it's only a matter of time. Like until you, it's it, it just won't work anymore, and everybody will see past the BS, and you're gonna be 
kind of a nobody at that point, right? Of course. It's called validity. 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 Are you valid? Do you have validity? And, you know, I mentioned it before, but people don't actually quit companies. People quit leadership. And, you know, that's why I mentioned trust and longevity being two of the most important things in a business relationship and being able to work with Lee for these last three months and the last two weeks, being out in the grind. You know, you don't really notice CEOs of companies out there that really want to help their guys and that are still out there in the field, you know, two weeks living in an RV, visiting the sales offices, you know, getting up, like literally sleeping in the RV outside of the office and then waking up and running a sales meeting in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yes. commitment right there, you know, like, yes. like just, just making it happen, doing whatever it takes to, uh, you know, help that sales team. And, you know, throughout those two weeks of traveling, you know, it was about a week and a half and, you know, contact beats content. And that's something, you know, me and Lee talk about a lot because, Lee's very big in marketing and, you know, my specialty is door-to-door sales and, you know, he's big into the digital marketing and, you know, the big thing, and I said it is contact beats content. And that's one thing that I always say because, you know, there's nothing like being out there with a sales rep showing them how to get sales. You know, I was with a sales rep that didn't even have a sale on the books yet. And I did three with him in the first hour that I was with him. And, you know, then he saw that it became real. He saw how to fill out the paperwork. He saw how to get the customers, uh, um, you know, autograph on the paperwork. And the following week, he did double digit sales, you know, and it's just because he sees the vision without a vision that people will perish. Yeah, dude, of course, that, that just comes down to just leadership. Again, you're, you're, you're able to demonstrate and duplicate, right? Mm-hmm. Nice, dude. Yeah, that freaking works, dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that, now with Lee and everything that he's doing, right, now you're starting to integrate roofing, solar, right? I'm, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but Lee kind of dropped a little hint at, you know, opening up a division for the, uh, for the smart home or, you know, for yeah. security, right? And so I was got, like, <laughs> we got all three during the tour to Florida, actually. Um, we do we do residential and commercial. So Lee was doing an inspection on a commercial roof, and I was sitting there, and it was like a just a commercial strip of businesses, and you know there was a, a manufactured home community that was across the street, which I cannot sell roofing to, and I could not have sold solar to, and uh, you know we have a partnership with um, with a security company through Brinks right now. So I said, hey, I'm going to go over there. 15 minutes later, I had an, an install for a lady while he was inspecting a roof. So it's just the ability, you know, if I have a homeowner that wants to put solar on, or if I have a homeowner that wants an alarm system, you know, rather than me referring them or giving it to somebody else or saying, Hey, call this guy, you know, I have that tool in my belt to be able to offer the roofing, the solar and the alarms. And eventually we want to get to a point where we're same dang the same dang the alarm system. And then we're doing the roofing and solar all there in one deal. So to be able to offer all three products as a home services company, you know, to homeowners. Yeah. Dude, that's freaking crazy. Cause ultimately that's, that's just kind of, it's, it's where the money's at for the longest time. And I know me and Danny Pessy and a few others in, in, in the industry, we talk about this, but for the longest time, it's just, you're all, you only sell alarms. You only sell pest control. You're only an alarm rep. You only do cable satellite. That's all you do. And, and like, if everyone yep. else is dumb, like why, why do they sell alarms? Why do they sell solar? Like it's so much easier to do this. Now the, the industry is transitioning into what else can I do? What else can I offer? Cause yeah. I'm pretty sure you you've seen it, right? I mean, you walk down the neighborhood, somebody you sold an alarm to now has solar, right? And you, I mean, me, it's like, hey, Kimmy, I could have done that. Of course. Or, or if you see them gain service, or if you see a dish, right, on on the side of the house, you're like, that is literally money that I left on the table because I just didn't know how to do it. You can sell, but you don't know how to open up the different avenues. And that's the same way that I felt about the roofing industry. And keep in mind, you know, coming from alarms and solar, you know, I felt like I went from telecom to alarms to solar. I feel like I was going steps up. And then when I found out about roofing initially, I felt like roofing was like way down here and I'd be taking a step backwards in my career. 
Um, but what I found out was roofing is not only the easiest sale, but it pays the most money. Yeah. It, 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 you have to understand the value proposition for the customer. I am not selling roofs. I'm not climbing up on roofs. I am not installing roofs. I'm not even financing a homeowner or repairing roofs. All I'm doing is I'm finding homeowners that have legitimate damage and I'm tying it to a storm and I'm helping them have their insurance company pay for the cost of them to get their roof replaced. All the homeowner is responsible for is their deductible. So for example, I was in Orlando um, last week towards the end of towards the end of the week where I was planning on coming home, but they had a really big hailstorm that damaged a lot of roofs. And our top sales rep that one day did 23 accounts. Keep in mind, there is no credit check. There is no collecting uh, checks. There is no collecting credit cards. All we would do is inspect a homeowner's roof. We would document the damage. We would help them file a claim with their insurance company. And then we would come back when their insurance company was there, show them all the legitimate damage. And then for us helping the homeowner getting the roof approved, we want to do the labor and the work. So it's a win, win, win. This isn't something where I need to convince somebody to empty out their checking account to get their roof replaced. And I tell homeowners, I say, hey, it's not like all your other neighbors won the lottery or took 30 grand out of their checking accounts. They just realized that if they had legitimate damage on their roofs, they wanted their insurance companies to cover those costs. Now you'll fall into one or two categories, either one, there is no damage, and then you have the peace of mind because I'm gonna document everything and send you those pictures to your email, or category two is if there is legitimate damage, I'm gonna document everything, put together a report, and then we'll call your insurance company and then I'm gonna meet with them later in the week and we're gonna show them all the damage. And the idea is that you would get a, a complete roof paid for by your insurance. Yeah. Um, the only thing you would be responsible for is your deductible. So yeah. it's a very good value proposition for the homeowner. So that's where I think it's like a very easy type sale, but also it pays the most amount of money. We had one sales rep get paid $80,000 on one residential door knock. We had another guy get paid $450,000 on one HOA commercial building. Keep in mind, this deal took four to five months to do, but he got $450,000 I saw the check. This isn't fake. I'm one residential door knock. That's a lot more than a lot of people make the entire year. Yeah. So the commissions are a lot higher and you're like, how the heck could you pay that much commission? Well, you have to realize, you know, the area that I'm working in is Florida where there's always hurricanes, there's always storms and there's different types of roofs. So a shingle roof is your typical regular roof, but then when you're working tile roofs, like tile roofs, some of these roofs are over $100,000 to replace. So if you find a really big house, it's a $300,000 roof, and you know maybe there's $150,000 in profit, that could be a $70,000, $75,000 commission for a sales rep. Holy crap. And it's not a hard sale. It's, it's like taking, so for me to put it into perspective for everyone listening to this, I would consider uh, selling alarms probably like um, if you were to put this into perspective, like maybe selling alarms was maybe like, uh, you know, trying to swim in a tsunami and then, you know, maybe solar would be like swimming in a hurricane and then uh, selling a roof would probably be like playing in a kiddie pool. It's, it's simple. It's a simple process. And you genuinely help this homeowner go through the process of getting a, you know, $50,000, $100,000 roof replaced and all their pain is their deductible. Holy shit. Yeah, a lot of people just don't, don't understand that. And like sometimes you have to say it a couple times because I didn't understand it at all. I came down to Florida to fly to California to work for an alarm company and I did the podcast with Lee. Yeah. And I was to speak at a seminar in the Florida Keys. And then I came back to consult for Lee's company. And then, you know, I was able to impact that company with a lot of things that I learned from the door-to-door -door industry because a lot of these roofing companies, they don't have the door-to-door -door bloodline that we have. Yeah. So like creating competitions, creating a WhatsApp and, you know, conversating with the guys, creating scoreboards, creating scoring systems. A lot yeah. of that they didn't have. And, you know, if you guys watch the Tour de Florida video, which will be on YouTube here shortly, um, you'll be able to watch, you know, exactly how we were able to 
triple or quadruple the team's numbers, you know, by that contact beating content and being in front of them and having that influence on a day-to-day basis. I'm, I'm going to look up flights to Florida after this summer. <laughs> yeah, so it's like playing in the kiddie pool. So, uh, and, and my thing was this, right? When I worked for Solar City, I met Elon Musk and uh, his cousin, Lynn, Lyndon Rive. We were at the Hawkinson Club and the rapper Chingy was playing and we were up in the VIP suite. And I remember looking at, at Elon Musk and I, I didn't really – know what to say to him i got a picture with him but all i said to him it's dark the music's playing i said elon you're gonna know who i am one day that's all i said to him i said hey you're gonna know who i am one day that's what i said and his cousin Lyndon was there and i had a conversation with him and you know i took a video with him saying hey i'm gonna produce a sales force that creates a thousand man sales force that installs a hundred solar systems a year um, between all of them and, you know, at that time, that was my goal up until Solar City was purchased by Tesla. And we had, you know, was fortunate enough to build up a team with over 800 sales team members, which was done organically. And it wasn't done just by me. It was done by all of us, but an 800 man sales force. And we fell short of that thousand man goal. And that still is my vision today. And, you know, working with this company, you know, that is my goal is to build a thousand man sales force in the state of Florida and, you know, I needed a vehicle to be able to have a company that people can trust that they could have longevity and they would get paid because a door to door or a direct sales rep is never going to leave your company. If you have a vehicle that can pay him on a weekly basis, if he gets paid every single week and he can see the vision of where the company is going, like I had mentioned, people don't quit companies, they quit leadership and people aren't going to quit if they're getting paid on a regular basis and they see advancement for themselves. Yep, that is absolutely true, man. Holy crap. So we're diving into some pretty good stuff, but we're just I'm telling you, we're just we're just getting started here. You haven't even heard any of my objection handling, all that good uh, stuff. Dude, yeah. so one one of the things that, that, that I wanna bring up, I'm a I'm a little short on time. I have a correlation here in twenty minutes, but um <clears throat> the other day I saw you overcame an objection with a lady, right? She had an issue with paying up front her, her deductible. And I think I think you you worked it in a way that you guys would pay for it and then she would just pay you guys back within the year, right? Yep. So the same way, like, you know, for example, if you have to collect a customer's activation for a security system, you know, you can say like, hey, the activation is um, $99, um, but you are going to answer yes to the next question you did not know I was going to ask you. So you're going to answer yes to the next question you did not know I was going to ask you. Are you on a fixed income? Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to initially pay the entire uh, $100 to activate your system initially. Um, we just have to ask you to pay us back over the next three months. Or the same thing with a deductible for an insurance company. There's 0% interest on their deductible for 12 months. So if it's going to be a make or break between a deal, you know, I'll simply say, hey, you know, maybe the deductibles, let's say it's, let's say it's, I mean, in a hailstorm, it's 500 bucks. So like if the customer really didn't have $500, but that's why it's such a good value proposition for the customer. The customer right. could have a 12 year old roof and they're yeah. eventually going to spend 20 grand to replace it. And I tell them they had a legit hailstorm. All I have to do is pay 500 and they get the whole thing replaced. Yeah. It's not hard. It's like an easy deal, you know? Yeah. But if you absolutely have to, it's not what I'm saying, it's how I'm saying it. And it's that way to get that. This is a little way to do it. You know, there's multiple ways to do it. I had a lady the other day that said she didn't want to sign the contract. And I said, okay, you don't have to sign the contract. But what I do need you to do is okay this form. And she signed the contract. You know, it's just that buying, it's just the words that people hear, you know? Yeah. And she's happy now. She got her roof completely approved. She got it all approved yesterday. She's like, you know, I called her to let her know that it was all approved. And she's like, oh, so, so what's the catch? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to pay your $500 deductible. Yeah. She's like, so you're telling me that all I have to do is pay the $500 deductible and the whole entire roof's going to get replaced. I said, yes, that's the reason you have homeowners insurance. If somebody hit you at a red light and rear-ended you, you wouldn't just say, hey, I'm not going to call my insurance. You have insurance for a reason, you know? So yeah. you're helping homeowners navigate that insurance process. Holy shit. Yeah. Dude, I love this, man. Dude, I really wish that I can 
we we can go on longer. But you guys are going to be doing Knockstar, right? Yep, Knockstar University. All the content is done. It's all being built right now. Um, we've just had so many projects going on. Yeah. Uh, myself, Danny Pessy, and Lee Haight. Um, we're all in the studio for, we put at least a, like two, three weeks each in the studio and yeah. I'm still putting together a lot of content on there because um, one thing I want to leave you guys with is this. Uh, when I met Tom Hopkins, I asked him for the best three pieces of advice that he would give me and, you know, him being a mentor and, you know, he actually certified me as the first trainer uh, licensed under Tom Hopkins brand. But I asked him, I said, what's the best three pieces of advice you'd give me? And he told me these three things. He said, number one, we must do the most productive task at every given moment. Number two, he said, do what you fear most. And the third thing that he told me was kind of the story that I'm getting into with Knockstar. When Jay Douglas Edwards, the guy that taught Tom Hopkins, was traveling by coach bus, you know, doing seminar through seminar, traveling throughout California, Nevada, Arizona, he was up doing a training and he passed out on stage. Picture he's on his 60th training in 70 days. He passes out on stage. The stretcher grabs him. They pull him into an ambulance. Tom is in the crowd. He grabs a cab. He said, follow that ambulance. He follows the ambulance to the hospital and said, where's Mr. Edwards' room? And at that time, he told Mr. Edwards that he intended to take his place. But he said, I have one question for you. He said, why do you work so hard? And the answer that J. Douglas Edwards gave to Tom Hopkins was because I always want to give people way more than they expect. His answer was because I always want to give people way more than they expect. And that was my goal with doing this podcast today with you, Rick, was, you know, to maybe have somebody listen to one or two things that might be able to help them. And um, the same deal with Knockstar University. We wanted to create a sales university that had an end game to the end user, to a sales rep that could be able to implement something and watch a video or to create a sales line and that can make more money that day. So that same exact day that they were doing the training, that they could notice results, whether it be a one-liner, whether it be a way to handle I'm not interested, whether it's handling I want to think about it. And the really cool thing about my sales training was we have live sales, like live, not just me behind the green screen talking about sales, but me in the field showing, hey, this is how you produce this amount of accounts in a day. These are the things you have to do, and these are the words you have to use, and these are the people you have to approach. Yeah shoot dude thank you so much man holy crap i i really wish i yeah dude so uh real quick before we finish up uh where can people find you on social media definitely um so instagram uh taylor mcsolar mcc solar um you can check me out on knockstaru.com so knockstaru.com um, you can also, uh, check out my interview with Grant Cardone when I was 24, 25, that's on his power players network and, uh, Taylor McCarthy on Facebook. So, uh, appreciate everybody listening in and, uh, appreciate having the opportunity to do this with you, Rick. You're putting yep. out some great stuff. Thank you, man, dude. I'm, I'm honored, super grateful to have you on. Um, we're definitely going to have to do this again and I may see you in Florida during, during the off season, man. <laughs> yeah. And I'll leave everybody with this, right? If you want to notice real change with your, with your game, first comes the action, then comes the motivation. There we go. There we go. And with that, guys, we will check you out on the next one. We need more. Tell them we need more. more. Put numbers on the board. Let them keep a score. Hey, 16 cars in my front yard. Hey, 30 on my wrist. Bullet points of God. Big numbers. Big numbers. Hundred minute bag, that's a big number. Big numbers, big numbers. Whole team counted, that's a big number.